Well, let's go ahead and, and get in the Word of God. How many of you are ready for the Word today? Yeah. Amen. I'm ready to give it to you. We began the series called Who Am I? And now we are in the second segment of our series, which is going to be a little bit lengthier than normal. And we're talking about created to belong to family. In this series, we understood there are four things that God created us to be. And these four things answer the question, who am I? If you understand who you are, if you understand the, the way you were created, why you were created, then there are going to be many things that you do, you do out of knowledge, you do out of confidence, instead of doing things out of fear. I have, uh, for 37 years, have had the privilege of, of being a children's pastor, a youth pastor, a singles pastor, an associate pastor, a lead pastor, a supervisor, an evangelist. I've been a missionary. I've, I've done all these things in the process of ministry. And uh, the, greatest, the greatest thing that I have understood is that there are just a lot of great people out in this world that are not doing great things because they are walking in fear. The first thing that we learned in this series is that we were created to believe in Jesus. We talked about becoming born again. We talked about believing in what he says. We talked about how that life has a tendency to want to rule you. Emotions want to rule you. Hurt wants to rule you. Rejection wants to rule you. But the word tells us if we really understand that we were created to believe what God says and we make our decisions based upon that, called faith, that we will be able to move mountains, mountains that have been in the way of our lives, our careers, our families, our children, our grandchildren, and we are to grow in the word of God in faith. The second thing that we wanted to talk about is that uh, we were created to belong to him, uh, Christ, and we were created to become like him, and we're created to build his kingdom. In other words, when we know who we are, then out of knowing who we are, then we do wonderful things. Then we do things. Most people are, live their lives doing things, hoping it'll work instead of becoming something, and then out of who you are, do something great. So the second thing which we will conclude today of this series, second point, is we were created to belong to family. You and I were created to belong, so in each one of us, we found is a passionate desire to be connected. And sometimes this passion has gone haywire, and this haywireness goes back to the original sin. See, there are many people that do things and the purpose they're doing things is they're wanting to belong. They're wanting to be accepted. You find our children that at school they will do things, decide to do things because they want to be accepted. And the reason is they aren't taught the spiritual principle of Scripture that we're going to finalize today that you are accepted, that you don't have to do anything to prove yourself, that it is a gift given by God in your life, and you don't have to make these haywire, crazy decisions uh, to be accepted and then make mistakes, and out of those mistakes, hurt comes and rejection comes, and then we become emotionally basket cases in our life, and we don't know why God is doing this and God's not doing this. God said, I've already done something. You belong to me, and you belong to each other. You are important, and you just need to understand this. Adam and Eve re rejected this perfect relationship and when they chose the wrong tree. They chose the wrong tree of the knowledge of good and evil, humankind, um, wisdom, instead of choosing the tree of life, which is God's wisdom. I am God's son. I belong to God, and I'm accepted, and I have a purpose in life, and I belong to one another. We are the family. We learned the ramification of this sin was to separate you from belonging to God and each other. Let's read again Genesis chapter 3, and I know we've read it each time, but it's very important that you get this 
because many of us, like me, I didn't really turn my life over to the Lord till I was 19. And so I had 19 years that I was living by my soul. I was living by my emotions, what I thought was good, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I thought it was good or I thought it was bad instead of living by who God is in my life. So in Genesis 3, it says, Then the eyes of both of them, after they had sinned, were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Right away, you saw that they didn't feel like they belonged to each other. They saw each other, and they were embarrassed. They saw each other, and there was something wrong. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. See, they chose, they rejected God. They chose because they were afraid. The moment sin took place, fear came in, and the moment fear came in, then the principle of rejection manifested. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid of you. Because I was naked, rejection, and I hid myself. I didn't belong. Adam, from that separation, fear set in, producing the thing that has tormented mankind ever since. What is that? Fear produces the acceptance that you don't belong. That who you are is not a part of what is next to you. Most every decision has this thread of not belonging when there's fear involved. We do or don't do things based on the lie that we don't belong, based on the rejection and the hurt of that rejection. Now, when I'm talking like this, tendency for some to think is that I am speaking or teaching on psychology, the study of the soul. I'm not teaching on psychology. I am teaching on a biblical truth, a spiritual truth that has brought devastation to the soul. And when psychology studies the soul, they see the reaction of what happens spiritually. And so when you get a God-believing, God-belonging psychologist who understands the spiritual aspect, then what they do is through the process of working with people, they are bringing them to God. And they're reintroducing them to the recreation of their spirit that they no longer have to feel rejected and live their life in this fear and this depression. So when belonging was always there through God's grace and mercy in our belief in him, which is salvation, what you would find is, is that salvation had so much more. That's why the Bible says to live out, to walk out, to, to let this salvation be a breathing thing, something that continues to grow in you because it not only is spiritual, but it also is physical and it's emotional. So what's great about our salvation is the grace and power of it, and it is a gift to receive. It is not something you work for, not something you become good enough for. Because we find you cannot be good enough. Adam and Eve chose man's good, and they found that wasn't good. That caused the devastation in their life. So you, we found, are recreated to be accepted, and you belong when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. to our young people, to those that are 35 and younger. Sad when I have to say it that way because I'm 60. But 35 and younger, you need to understand that in all your life, unless your parents, unless leaders around you have taught you this, you are living your life based upon a lie that says you're not good enough. A lie that says you've been rejected. You've got to prove yourself. You've got to do something in order. And that's why you find in the church and that's why you find in the world everybody running around like a chicken with their head cut off trying to prove themselves when you never have to prove yourself. 
you believe in Jesus Christ, you were born again, and you were recreated not only to be saved, but you are recreated to belong and are accepted. You no longer are rejected. And I'm going to show you this in Scripture. And this is so powerful. This is life transforming. This is a CD. This is where you go online, myvcc.org, and you listen to this and bring your friends and you listen to this because it will transform your lives. Young people, you can do this thing. You can make this world a better place, not because of some scientific thing, not because of some governmental thing. You can do it because you become who God created you to become, and then you accomplish the purpose that he has given you. Amen? You can do this thing. The question then is, what do I want you to see today? Here's my answer. Your belonging is not based on works. It is based on who God created you to be. So know who your creator is and become who he is. You were created, the Bible tells us, in his image. Everything you do and say must be out of the godly character you have become. Again, God is not as concerned about what you're doing. He's more concerned of what you're becoming. Why? Because if you become something, then everything you do will be out of that. And you will do the right thing. But remember, the bad news was we were born rejected. Because we were born in this world, mom and dad, we were born in this world because of the original sin, spiritually Scripturally, the Bible says that we were born rejected. But the good news is we were born again accepted. So you are transformed in this area. We need to renew our mind to this. All that we are and the acceptance in God's kingdom is based on Jesus' performance and not ours. Many of you have been brain beat through what are you doing, 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 mainly in church. Church has, has created so many programs so you can do and do and do and do. Look what, yeah, well, I'm part of this church. Jesus is never mentioned. And I'm part of this program, and I'm part of this program, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this. And we say, great, who are you? Uh, I don't know. You see, that's, I'm being a little facetious, but that's really, if you really look at it, that's a deep-seated spiritual thing. So now, if you base life on God's grace, you will begin to see everything in life differently. When you face people that reject you, when you face people that will hurt you with words, and even actions, you will see things differently because you begin to see people, they're living out of their hurt. They're living out of their rejection. They're living out of their pain. And the pain isn't based solely on what people did to them. Their pain is based on the same pain that Adam faced when the original sin took place. When they the presence of God was coming to them. They felt they didn't belong, and they ran, and they hid. And that's what happens to us, church. There are times that we don't feel like because we're not good enough or we're not spiritual enough. That has been brain beat into the church. And what I'm trying to do is to, I'm going to say it this way, I'm trying to brain beat you into the Word. You got what I'm saying? And, and I'm trying to get you to understand this, Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. He didn't wait till we did enough. He made us. You were created, accepted. And when you were born again because of the original sin, born in rejection, then you became born again. You're born again into an accepted lifestyle. You no longer are rejected. But here it is, like I said earlier, the 19 years I lived making my decisions based on rejection. 
And I had a great family. I had a great home I lived in. I remember my parents, they both worked. I was called years ago, it was called the, the latch key kids. You know, where you would have a key and you'd put it around your neck on a thing and you had your key to your house. Walk to school, walk back, and your parents didn't get home till 5, 5.30. And you were home from 2.30 till 5 or 5.30 alone. How many of you my age remember that? Yeah, okay. So, so the reality is, is I had a great family. I lived, I played sports, I, you know, did well in school, all the different things. I lived in a city that had one murder in the 19 years I lived in that city. And um, so it was wonderful. My backyard uh, was, was acres and acres of trees and uh, had a small house. My parents started, you know, in 1957 in the house and I was a month old, and, and there we lived there all, all those years till I went to college. And here's, here's what I'm telling you. We didn't have much, but we had everything. I had a good life. And so my rejection wasn't based on something emotional, trauma of what someone did to me. My rejection was that I was born in sin. And the spiritual attack of the enemy wanted me to think, even though I did all what I did, I'm not good enough. But guess what? He was right in that. I'm not, I wasn't good enough. I needed Jesus. But the moment I received Jesus, I have more than enough. I'm more than a conqueror. By the way, uh, you know, the wife spending all the money of the conqueror? Well, we're called the bride of Christ, so let's do it. Let's be blessed of God. And let's spend the blessings of the Lord. Amen? And so uh, you can add that to your, when you speak another time somewhere else. But uh, always trying to help people. The, the, next, the next verse is about doing an act of benevolence. And I want, I want to read this verse to you. But I, I want you to really see the phrase that I, I want you to see. Mark 9, 41. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Whoever gives, reward. Praise God, that's great preaching. But what we do is we miss a part of the scripture. Because you belong to Christ. You see, when you function in your life because you belong to Christ, the spiritual power of God manifests in whatever you do, and it multiplies in your life. But, but here's, here's the brass tacks of it. It says, because you belong to Christ. Church, we belong. We're not rejected. And if you begin to, to grasp this truth, and I know you are, when you read scripture, when you journal every day, and if you don't, you should, and we have stuff out in the courtyard for you, but you're getting in the word every single day, you're gonna begin to see the word of God constantly talking about that God includes you in things. Amen. He includes you. He, he takes you, he says things, and he's including who you are in it, like you are a part of it. Why? Because you are. When you read the scripture about his blessings and all the different things and all correction in the Bible, problem again, because of this spirit of rejection, many people in church will not receive correction. They'll just run from church to church. They'll just run from place to place instead of receiving correction and growing. Church, I belong to God now. You belong to God now. So here's my point. You can read this verse and get caught up in the doing, but you miss the being. And I want you to read Scripture in this way now. Instead of just... What do I need to do? These are rules and regulations so I can be a good guy. No. This is really talking when he's speaking the word, when Paul and Luke and, and, and all the writers and Peter and John and 
And, you know, Moses and all these writers, David, they're writing, they're writing, including us as a family, that we belong. We belong to Jesus, and he purchased us with his blood. And because we belong to God, we belong to God's family. You and I belong to each other. So let me say it this way. If Valley Community is where God called you, then jump in. Jump in. Be a part of what's going on. There are benefits to really being part of a family. Get involved. Go to the married couples conference. Sign up. Well, pastor, but you know, we sign up. Pastor, I really don't have any money. Talk to me. I'll just say it this way, and there are times I'll say no, but my wife and I budget every single month to give. And I've saved this month's budget. If you want to go, a couple want to go to the married couples conference, you talk to Jeremy, and I will make sure that you can go. Are you with me? And if we're family, a lot of us should be that way. Go to men's journaling. Get involved. The Bible studies. Psalm 68.6 says this, God sets the solitary in families. You know what he does? He believes in families. He just drops us in a family. I'm going to say now this. Hi, family. Did you know that I was dropped into your family? Did you know you're dropped into my family? And we're here. Now, I'm going to say something I said the first service. I'm saying a little bit earlier, but I don't want anybody raising their hands or you're going to get a one-eye look. But uh, how many of you know that you and your family are perfect? Very good. No, no one-eyed looks. All right. Because we're not. If you look at life, no, we're not. All our goodness, the things we try to do, we're not, we're not perfect. We have struggles. Anybody have struggles in your families? Anybody not get along once in a while? Okay. Well, that's the way it is in a church family. But because in your family, if you don't get along for a little bit, if something happens, that doesn't mean you're not family. Or what do you do? You reject someone. But where does rejection come from? It comes from the pit of hell. Let me tell you why God has accepted us. The reason that we have been accepted by God is because God has rejected Jesus in our place. Whew. This is theological. Let me just tell you what this is. Theologically, it is called substitutionary atonement. What it means is Jesus took our place. What we deserve, Jesus took. And because Jesus took it, now we are delivered from it. And instead of being rejected because of the sin, we are now accepted because of the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus. Pastor, what do you mean God rejected Jesus? Well, here it is. Jesus became a sin offering for us and was rejected so we can be accepted. Jesus not only was rejected by God, but watch this but he was rejected by God's family too. The Bible tells us this, Isaiah 53, 3. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Mark 8, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Psalm 118, verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now, Acts 4.11 is the New Testament version of Psalm 118. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. So I just showed you how Jesus was rejected by people. Now, let me show you the rejection of Father God. Mark 15, 34. Jesus on the cross. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The word forsaken means to completely abandon, to leave totally, and to reject. And you know what? A lot of times people will say this because they try to water down Scripture. People say, well, you know, Jesus, he was God, so he knew God would reject him because of the sin. And I want to say to you, they're right. Jesus knew that he would be separated from the Father And that is the very reason why he was in the garden and he was sweating and blood drops came out because of this turmoil and anxiousness and stuff that just went into his life and concern because he was going to be separated from his dad, from his father. But this is my opinion. I cannot take Scripture and say, Scripture says it here and here and here. But this is my opinion, all right? And you know I always say that if I can't prove it by Scripture. But I think Scripture does infer it. I believe Jesus knew of the rejection, but I don't think Jesus knew how he would feel when the rejection happened. That's why he said, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? You ever wonder why he didn't say, Father, what are you doing? Because the moment your sin and my sin hit him, he was rejected by the Father. And the very reason why that was done was so that he could be the substitutionary atoner and atone us into salvation in sense. Now, hear what I'm talking about. I'm trying to bring it into a context of today. Is we have to get to a place of recognizing the reason why we are accepted is because of Jesus Christ's rejection. It's a quote from Psalm 22. You can read that later where it talks about he pierced my hands and feet. But let me say this. What he said on the cross was a fulfillment of Scripture too. There's this uh, doctrinal and study, you know, of Scripture and all the different things and how you can really tell things are true by how much is fulfilled. And so the Bible talks about Christ fulfilling the law fulfilling all the prophecies, fulfilling everything that was said. And what happened here is he wasn't doing it to fulfill Scripture. I actually believe he felt the pain of rejection by God. And that's why he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know what he felt there? He felt what you and I lived in when we were born in this world. Why do you think God has given family? Why didn't God just have us be like apples and grow off a tree and fall on the ground? Because God instilled family. God is a family God. And in this, the reality of us coming into a family, what family, what we're to do as parents is to teach our children at a very young age that you are accepted. We love you, but we want you to know God loves you too, and here's why. So that children don't grow up in their teens and their early 20s and they still feel rejected. They still feel like they're not accepted in the beloved. They still feel like they don't belong. And the terminology, well, I don't belong because they, do, they don't do our music. I don't belong because they don't, no, no, no. The reason why the mentality of not belonging is because of the original sin. He was rejected so we can be accepted. Always remember, church, if you are a believer, God will never reject you. I'm going to say that again. If you are a believer, recreated, accepted by God, God will never reject you. The reason is that Father God rejected Jesus for you 
Father God will never forsake you because he forsook Jesus for you. And some people will say, well, you know, uh, no, that's not how it is. I'm just saying it is how it is because the scripture tells us. I'm going to read it to you in a second. But let me just tell you an argument of, of what I just told you. An argument is this, is that, you know, well, is that because it's once saved, always saved? No. No, we don't believe once saved, always saved. Because how are you saved? By confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. How are you not saved? By rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord. So if you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and years later you just say the heck with that, I don't believe in that, what are you doing? You're rejecting Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me read that again. Let me just read it to you in a, in a, a right way because this is going to blow you away. This is going to change the way you see life. Let your conduct, talking about doing, let your conduct be without covetousness. In other words, not measuring yourself up to someone else. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you seeing it yet? Okay, now I'm going to say it the way I want you to see it. Because you know that God will never leave you nor forsake you, that you are accepted in the beloved, that God loves you, because you know you're created in God's image, then you're not going to have any problem with covetousness, and you will be content in what God has called you to be in. See, the, the, the instance here that you will be content is saying this, well, whatever happens in life, you just need to accept it because that must be God's will. I'm so tired of that because God is not a respecter of persons. And God said, if you will do this, I will bless you. If you will become this, I will honor you. You are my son, you're my daughter, right? Okay, so in this, if we grab a hold of the truth in a proper way, then what we're going to see is that God is saying this. If you understand who you really are created in his image, then you will never measure yourself up to anybody. Why? Because you know you're accepted. And then next, you will be content with anything that you have why? Because you are listening to the voice of God and doing what he asked you to do, and you're being blessed by God. He's talking about people that know who they are. If I want to tell you, I have seen it in 37 years of ministry. Anybody that's ever got a hold of this truth, and bottom line, if you didn't realize, last 12 years, I've taught this truth at least once a year in some way or another. And if you understand this, you will walk in the prosperity of the Lord. And you will, you will be content. Why? Because your needs will be met above and beyond. This truth is why you know you are accepted. Father God rejected and forsook Jesus for you. That's the truth. Let me say it again in a, in a different way. This truth that I just talked to you about is why you know you are accepted and Father God rejected and forsook Jesus for you. It's done. It's a done deal. You don't have to work for it. You just need to believe it and walk in it. The first thing Adam and Eve felt when sin came into the world, they felt shame, fear, and they didn't belong. Some people struggle in that area. That's why Freedom Ministries sign up for that. They will take you along and lead you to the principle of God's word. The very reason why you had struggles in your past before Jesus is because you were rejected and you didn't belong. Nothing can deal with that truth or emotions except a relationship with God. You have to recognize nothing can deal with that truth or your emotions except a relationship with God. It is knowing God and who you are that will fix it. 
This rejection is ingrained in your mind. I'm pausing there. Dr. Remy, how long have you known the Lord? Just a guesstimate. Over 40 years. Did you know that in his mind, soulish part of his life, that this rejection mentality is ingrained in it? And what he has to do every single day is renew his mind to the word of God. To tell that ingrained mentality, that's not true. I'm accepted in the beloved. Amen. After 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, there is that battle that is there. It gets a lot easier the more you know the word of God. But you need to understand that you know why? You know why I can tell you that? Because sometimes you can go to work and you, you say hi to someone that works at the ne next desk or the next area or drives the other truck or whatever. And uh, every morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Ha, 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 laugh and have a good time. Have, a, you know, lunch with them, whatever. And then one day they say something and you get offended. You know Why? Because that rejection is ingrained in your soul. And it wants you to get hurt. It wants you, it's a spirit. And it wants you to say, I don't belong. It wants you to say, I'm going to quit. It wants you to say, I'm not doing this any longer. I can't take it any longer. It is a spirit and it wants to bring destruction in your life, your, your fellowship with God, and watch this, and your fellowship with one another. That's why we do have more than conquerors. That's why we do have men's journaling, freedom ministry, OSL discipleship. Dive in, folks. It's to help us reprogram this evil thing called rejection and not belonging. Have you ever asked the question? We're almost done here. Why would God love me with all my screw-ups? Question? You know, Pastor Dan gets up here so eloquently the way he, he uses Scripture, Pastor Ryan, the way he uses Scripture, and, and they get up here and they say things, and all of a sudden in the back of your head it says, oh, I can't do that. That's not for me. Now, if I was like Keiko, I could do that. You know, because we look, we look at people, hey, she's awesome. You know, to me, Keiko is like real close to perfect. So, and, uh, and the only reason I say she's not perfect is because none of us are. But, but the reality is this, is some of you, even after coming here for years, feel like there are things that are said from the pulpit, you can't do it. It's not for you. This is just my lot in life. That is a lie of rejection. So why would God love me with all my screw-ups? It's unreasonable, but not unexplainable. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. Did you hear that? Own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we were even accepted being born again, Christ died for us. Let me say it another way. God demonstrates his love for us and that there was no reason to love us. That's what it's saying. There was no reason to love us because when in the spirit looking at us, being born in this world, in the spirit looking at us, it was sin. Born in sin. God can't look upon sin. Even if there wasn't a reason, he still loved us. 1 John 4.19 says, we love him because why? He first loved us. Some of you, even though you are hearing this today, can't understand it still. So let me go a little bit further. In your reasoning, 
You will never understand why God loves you, accepts you, and created you to belong. The reason why God loves you is because you are his and you belong to him. In today's society, that's a spiritual principle that's hard to want or accept. Someone belonging, someone owns you. He is yours. And you are his. Father God says, I love you and I love it that you belong to me. Did you know that you thrill Father God? Okay, I'm going to say it again. Because a lot of you, not me. Did you know that you thrill Father God? Let me prove it. For you that have children, do you love your kids? Why? Because they're yours. I know sometimes you want to... I mean, you know, the, the first day of school, you see all the moms driving away from dropping off their kids... Hallelujah. No, no, it's, it's kidding. Because they're yours. They, you love your kids because they're yours in spite of their insufficiencies. You belong to Christ because you believe and are born again and you belong to Christ's family. Valley community, I'm going to say this. You can pick your friends. I'm not going to talk about a nose. But you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. We belong to each other. We are family. Family's not perfect. Family struggles. But you can run a thousand miles and we're still going to be your family. God called you here your family. Well, let me say it this way. Matter of fact, in heaven, I'm going to have my mansion right next to yours. I'm going to be like that one program where the guy talked through the fence. I'm going to look at those. Hello, neighbor. I'm your brother, and I love you, and you're mine. And I'm yours, and you love me. And you are charged by God to do everything you can to know who you are so you can extend that love to one another. There are going to be times you're going to have to forgive me. There are going to be times you're going to have to like, Pastor, that was the worst joke I ever heard. But you belong to God, and you belong to God's family. Can we all stand, please? I'm looking around at all of you, and I'm so like, wow. I'm overwhelmed. You see the passion of the Lord. I'm overwhelmed by who you are. I love who you're created to be. I love every aspect of your life. I have the privilege and the honor to be your pastor, to teach the Word of God. I don't run your life. That's not what a pastor is supposed to do. I don't make decisions for your life. That's not what a pastor is supposed to do. But I'm I'm called to equip you for the work of your ministry. And how I equip you is I teach you who you are. And at times in Scripture, the Bible says that all Scripture is, is written by the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and it's to bring reproof, bring correction. And there are times that your pastor will correct you. There are times I'll say some very hard things. But what I want you to understand is that I am living out what a pastor is as a shepherd and a spiritual father. 
And so there'll be times that I will sit in front of you and because of emotion that you're feeling because of experiences that you've had, and I'll sit in front of you and I'll be the shepherd that says, I know, I love you, I know it hurts, I will weep with you, but I will look straight at you when you ask me, give me permission, and I hope all of you would, that I would be able to correct you when your emotions that starts from the beginning of rejection causes you to go outside of the confines of the Word of God and that I can bring correction. That's what I love about Dr. Remy and Ruth. That's, that's what I love about Pastor Angel Maria. That's what I love about their lives is, is that they stand up and, and they're at tops of their field, the business, everything that they do, but then they stand in front of people and they weep and they cry for people. Pastor Dan and Keiko, your, your associates in the Spanish ministry, by the way, two o'clock this afternoon. Everywhere we go, everything that we do, the pastors that are pastoring the churches that we help plant. We got Matt and Walter and all these guys all around the cities that are pastoring. And they're pastoring, but they've been taught well here. And you have to understand that where I am standing before you, I want you to know it's because the Father rejected Jesus, you are accepted. And there, because of that, there should be never a reason why I reject you. There are times that because of the protection of the congregation, sometimes the protection of our children, that I will confront somebody and stand in the gap for our congregation. But I want to tell you, there's no reason why I would reject you because the Father has accepted you. You might come in here, some of you in here, you might come in here on drugs. I love you on drugs, hoping the Word will transform you, you'll get off drugs. Amen. I love you when you come in, mean. Amen. Uh, well, let me look. No, no one here has ever come in mean. Yeah. When, when you come in mean, why is that? Because I know that there are situations in your life, things that you haven't taken care of, the shame or the, the guilt or the, or the rejection that is there that has caused you to be angry and feel like you don't belong and you're venting. And you know what? And I know, I teach leadership training for young pastors. And I tell them, I want to tell you folks, there's going to be about 10% of your congregation that feel like they're dump trunks. But they walk in the congregation, they see you and they back up to you and they dump all their stuff on you. And they walk away going, I feel clean. I feel good. And you're laying in their mess but don't you dare not love them. Don't you dare not see through all the trash they put on you and to see them, who they really are. Amen? Some people look at me because I wear a tie. You know, and they say, oh, well, that's that stuck-up pastor up there. He doesn't care about me. Yeah, it's because you don't know me. And if you say stuff like that, you don't know Christ. You don't know who he is. You might be born again, but you don't know who he is. Because you wouldn't say stuff like that if you knew who Christ was. Everybody okay with that? Okay. Amen. Go ahead. And you'll see with me. I don't, I don't come at you. Then I'll, there'll be times the back of my head, I might go, really? Really? But the reality is, I begin to weep on the inside when people are not handling their emotions. Some of you I've known for many years. 
I know many of you from the beginning of your salvation and saw you grow and how amazing you have grown. So proud of who you are. Some of you, I, I really don't know. I'd love to. I can't know everybody personally. But know who my heart is. Let me tell you, the heart of a pastor is what I study. And it doesn't matter. I mean, folks, I've done it all. I've done the, I used to run 700 kids. I did back in the early 80s. Ran youth camps. Was a district uh, youth guy and did all kinds. Of, I, I was a crazy guy. I was, you know, out. Anyway, well, you know when I was younger. What am I saying with all that? Every one of us has a story. Why don't we just become like Christ and allow our stories to just explode in the church and outside the church? Why don't we bless one another? Why don't we encourage one another? Why don't we become that family that says, you know, I don't agree all the, with everything, but you know what? Your family and I am with you. I won't do. That's what you do with your, your kids. Amen. You don't love me. Yes, I do. You don't let me out. I'm 10 years old. I can, I can go out at in the morning. No, you can't. You don't love me. Right? You know what that what you know what's crying out? Rejection. You know what's really a louder voice? Godly love and acceptance is crying out to them. That's who you are. May the Lord bless you. May Valley Community family rise up and begin to stand for who God is becoming the image of God, transforming other lives by giving them the gospel through love, seeing through the, the stuff of people and seeing what God sees. And when we do that, you know what's going to happen? You, your children, your children's children, and on and on, will do great things for the kingdom of God. Why? Because we belong to God and we belong to one another. May God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you.